Welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. Uh, we are here today. I like this setting that we're in because most of the time, or the past couple that I've done, I was we kind of sit in the office, but this is different. We're uh, we're on the we're we're on the porch of. You say where we are, Chipper. We're on the porch of H.D. Gibbs and Sons. H.D. Gibbs and Sons. Last time I was here, I was eating a steak. I wasn't recording a podcast. <laughs> well, you know, Chipper and I worked together in the in the real estate with Whitetail Properties, and then he, he this is a family store that his dad turned into a steakhouse, and it's really it, it, it arguably it may be one of the most popular, if not the most popular, steakhouse in in Central Mississippi, without a doubt. I yeah, mean, I helped him. He I helped him Saturday night, and. Um, I said, sure, I'll help you. I didn't know I was going, me and him were going to cook 354 steaks <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> it's, it a good, it's a good steak. Yeah. Yeah. But so, okay, um, make sure, I have a bad habit of like jumping right into the guts of the conversation without stating why we're here, what we're doing. But I tracked down both Brad and Chipper today because right before we started doing turkey episodes, I always like to do, structure these around the kind of stuff that the listeners want to hear. And we had a really high frequency of questions or topics sent in they want us to cover that had to do with managing land for turkeys if i have land what kind of things can i plant to get you know to to better my turkey population if i what if i'm buying a farm and want to make it more centralized around having good turkey hunting and so i couldn't think of a better better people to talk about it than both you and of course, Brad's been on this podcast before. Chipper, this is your first time on the podcast. But um, before we dive into that, kind of explain what y'all do and what y'all's work in relationship with Whitetail Properties and everything. Go ahead, Chipper. Let you okay. start okay. this one. Out. Well, um, Brad and I started working together a few years ago as a team, uh, as agents for Whitetail Properties, and we um, we handle properties in the central part of the state and other areas of the state too and actually in multiple states multiple but states yeah i mean we're we're licensed in well, you're in alabama uh, arkansas both, louisiana uh, in louisiana mississippi so and, right. and we with with the 250 i i, I say it's a minimum maybe more than 250 now i mean we're just about in every we're state in 30, and, 37 states now so, so, so we're covered i mean we can we can help somebody from 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 buying a your place in Florida for Osceola's to, to Elk yeah, Ranch yeah. in Montana or Colorado nowadays. Mm -hmm. yeah. But Brad and I work as a team. You know, we do everything together. Uh, we list and sell properties, and we handle properties of all shapes and sizes from, you know, back 40 all the way up to, you know, as big a place as you want to want to look at yep. so yeah. um and and all in between and i mean it could be on the west side of the state on the mississippi river it could be on the east side of the state mm -hmm. in the pine tree in the in kind of the hill country you right. know pine tree areas it's, mm -hmm. i get i get tickled i look at it like i looked over when i said pine trees i looked at him smiling because i know he's thinking about some turkeys because that's <laughs> how he refers to pine tree thunder <laughs> <It's a turkey's laughs> but i'm i'm guessing that like it y'all in what y'all do y'all y'all the situation has happened before where y'all's phone has rang and someone has said, I'm looking for a property that's a turkey property. I'm sure, I mean, that has to have happened to y'all before. It does, and it happens a lot this time of year. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's um, our, I've said this before. Our podcast, we've been doing it for over three and a half years now. Um, but ever since we started from day one, when springtime, when turkey, start, turkey talk starts, we have more listeners that year than any other time of the year. People are so, and, and, that's always been one, and I feel like we've been asked to talk about kind of 
turkey properties and what you can do to better turkeys on a place. And I, I just don't think we've really covered it as well as we could have. And so I know both of y'all have hands-on experience in doing that. Um, it's, it's, uh, you can kind of gear this towards turkeys or deer because, or, or, or any, any game animal because it's all about habitat. Yeah. You know, you might have, like I can think of a piece of property right now that's as pretty as you ever want to look at and it's 90 percent hardwoods mm -hmm. and it I mean in the winter time i mean it might have you, it might not be uh realistic to see it will be realistic to see 40 or 50 turkeys but come springtime when they start spreading out them hens are going to leave there because there's nowhere for them to nest mm -hmm. um i know chipper and i have a client that that we've looked at a couple places and he he wouldn't walk across the street to shoot a 200 inch whitetail mm -hmm. but he will go absolutely crazy over his three turkeys in mississippi every year am i right <laughs> yeah absolutely and and, and and he he when he first started working with chipper and i he said i don't want no pines i don't want no pines well once we probably looked at eight different tracks of land with him and he soon realized that the ones that had the most sign and had the most turkey opportunities were the ones that had pine trees on yeah you know because you can manipulate i know chipper's got some family land and he he's the most serious about burning pines of anybody i've ever been around well yeah i mean i'm i'm serious about burning in general but the, the thing about turkeys and i by no means am qualified to 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 talk at a real high level about it but if you listen to all the top turkey biologists you know obviously the key for turkeys is having variety because their needs are different at different times of the year and they they require different different uh components of their habitat for you know nesting and brood rearing and roosting mm -hmm. and and loafing and so it's it's really habitat like brad said is the key and the more you can manipulate that habitat and carve your place up into smaller management units to where you can have that variety is just helps helps a bunch and they like to be able to see uh widening roads i did a lot of that on our place this year planted clover along roadsides places for them to bug and the and the hens when they have the poles places for them to get out yeah. and dry off and bug and right and they can ones. walk around and they can see and they can be in cover and you know if you have bobcats and coyotes if they can if they can see them coming and evade them and have escape cover it it makes all the difference in the world you know and don't get me wrong when i said because I know some, some river tracks that don't have a single pine tree on them but are, are loaded with turkeys, but it's still habitat. It could be it could be some WRP mixed in there. It could be some timber cuts that they did. But you've got to have those nesting, that nesting habitat to have a a, a, a huntable turkey population in the spring because them gobblers are going to go where the hens are. That's right. Yeah. Every time. I can remember, this was a few years ago, but we hunted a place – where if you were, I remember it, we were just staying on this big ridge and there's these big, beautiful, open hardwoods. And it just looked just to my, in my eyes, I was like, man, this place ought to be loaded. But, and it had turkeys early. And later on in the season, they would say they just started disappearing and didn't know where they were. But to your point, there was no, there wasn't any thickets or anything anywhere near on that place. There's no nesting that nesting habitat. Mm -hmm. That whole place was just big, wide, untouched hardwoods. And and that's where they like to be in the winters, those big hardwood bottoms roosting over lakes and yeah. sloughs and typically. You know, that's where you find those big numbers of, of winter you know, winter turkeys yeah. is there. Yeah. Cuz how many times do you hear, I'm sure y'all have heard this plenty with with what y'all do is that uh guys say, "Man, I see turkeys everywhere during the fall during deer season. In springtime, they're nowhere to be found." Mhm. Mm 
Had to be because of that. That's yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, I truly believe that Chipper, and I've seen that time and time again. His place will have way more turkeys on it in the spring than in the winter. Really? They do. Your, your place is not it far does. from the store right here. And, uh, they have such a big home range, and, and, and part of that goes back to their habitat requirements. You know, yeah. it's it's hard to find everything they need on one property. So yeah. they're going to they're gonna, their, their home range is way bigger than a whitetail's range. I think you know? no, no so it's bigger than people think. Um, yeah, I got a little place uh, a buddy of mine have south, south of here in, in, uh, in Claiborne County, Mississippi, and it's 210 acres. And, and last year, the amount of turkeys was pretty – I mean, that's turkey country down there. There's typically a lot of them. And there was one gobbler that, that Kathy and I hunted pretty regular, my wife, and um, he was one of them old mean ones. And uh, we never did get a shot. Saw him one time, never got a shot. But long story short about that is, is after a year's worth of – widening ridges like you talked about mm-hmm. making places making clover fields making food plots bigger burning pines i don't know because this is where we're today's march 1st so now right now i can't tell you how many turkeys is going to be there obviously in, a, in four weeks but yeah. it's by far three or four times the number of turkeys there right now than it was a year ago yeah and um i mean i can i, I had there's a white hen there and i got one picture of her at the end of last spring, I hadn't seen her again, but I know our neighbor had 17 poults wow. on, on, in their pasture right there. Um, I think it was three big hens and 17 poults, or maybe four big hens. But yeah. it just goes to show all that, that little bit of stuff, it, it's, they need it and they recognize it. And they're just out there making a living just like we are. And mm-hmm. wherever it's easiest and safest, it has most to offer, that's where they're going to be. If you think of it like that, it's so many little things you can do to – to make a piece of property better, whether it's 20 acres or 200 or 2,000. Yeah. Yep. I was thinking, like you said, is a lot of times what you'll hear folks is they'll kind of downplay stuff. They're not looking for, like, the little things. But those little things tend to add up is what I'm saying. Because I'd never – a lot of things that y'all have covered so far I've heard of before. But a second ago you were talking about widening your, widening your roads mm-hmm. out. I have not heard of that. But, I mean, so that's – when did you start doing that? I did that – Probably the last two years, I've, mm-hmm. I've done some, um, I guess, a little bit over time the last two years. We yeah. we clear-cut the side of some roads, and then I came in with a um, forestry mulcher and, and ground the stumps down flush with the ground. Yeah. And I have the option of either planting it in a food plot or you can manage it very carefully for some natural cover too mm-hmm. but the bottom line is is turkeys like to walk roads in yeah. my experience yeah. they do because you see the tracks in the roads and you see them along the roadsides and you hunt them along the roadsides and it just seems to me that that if if they have you know corridors that they can walk up and down and you know they have some open area where they can see and that's close by some cover that maybe some poults can walk in and be safe and be covered yeah and uh areas for them to catch bugs and if you can incorporate some food plots that attract bugs and and some some other things like that it makes a huge difference yeah gotcha. um, well you know they say because i know michael chamberlain he's been on the podcast yeah. with you a couple of times and yeah. i really enjoy reading his work and and because i like his approach to it because he, he's a hunter like like all of us and like everybody listening to this but also he's you know he's a biologist and he's he look, looks at facts and there's enough uh data out there now that some of this stuff is a little different than we once thought yeah <laughs> and, and and 
and he's got the data to prove it. It now blows my mind over the years. That dude is every. He's been on our podcast twice, and every time he's he comes on. I just try to be like a sponge because he just has so much information about a wild turkey. And like you said, the thing that makes him the most credible is the fact that none of these are his opinions. Exactly. These are all like very, very science and research based. And he's a hunter. But yeah, he, he has blown my mind a couple times. The times he's he been is on. so knowledgeable. And, and I, I just, I love anything that I can read on stuff yeah. that he's putting out. And the most the craziest thing about what he's finding out and all his research is there's so much we don't know still about turkeys and why in their behaviors and things like that. I mean, it is unbelievable the amount of stuff that I've learned over just the last 12 to 18 months of listening to, yeah. to him and, and looking at his Facebook posts and stuff. And, yeah. and, um, he's been a, a wealth of information. I would encourage all landowners to, if they're, interested in turkeys to follow him on social media and and read everything you can yeah. from him because he, he he definitely is a top in his field on that he I, does that turkey tuesday post that mm -hmm. he does i tell you somebody else that i enjoy watching that people will get a lot of of, of firsthand stuff from too is uh grant woods yeah he's got a um on his website he comes out with a, i say website he comes out with with a i know i get an email because i subscribe to it every every week he'll come up with a new it's called growing deer and it's on his own place and he pretty much took something that was really rough and he, he don't they don't have the topsoil like we have up there and he's he's figured out how to make that a deer and turkey i mean mecca so to speak i mean yeah. it's i mean it, but everything you do for the deer works for the turkeys I mean, they they all benefit from from all this stuff we're talking about that you can do to a piece of land, whether it's planting it, the roadside like Chipper's doing, just having those open areas because, you know, it's been proven time and time again that when those bugs come out, the protein that those turkeys get, I mean, that's where they go. Well, and the, that's, the poults, that's, that's what they live on, you know, they, when they're you know, young. That's almost exclusive, you know, eat insects for the first. Well, it's like last year. Year of their life. Everybody I talked to in the state of Mississippi saw baby turkey so we had a statewide yeah. really really good hatch hey guys gonna pause the conversation for just a quick second to make sure i mention how much i like the onyx hunt app It's something that i use on a daily basis and something that i will not go into the spring woods without it is an incredible tool today for instance we're talking about turkey management we're talking about hunting places that that you own possibly or places that you have leased private ground you can get in there on onyx you can mark out your food plots you can even go further Click on a food plot, see what you have planted there. You can map out your entire road system. So when you go to that place, you know exactly where all the roads are, where all the food plots are, where common roof spots are. The list goes on and on on the things that you can do with this app. It can make your decision process so much quicker. Tactics to use on turkeys, on how you want to move to a turkey. I can't say enough about this app and how much I use it. At this point, I think I would be lost without it. So make sure you check out the Onyx Hunt app today. Use the promo code PRIMOS20 to get 20% off your Onyx membership. And it just goes to show that, of course, everything plays into it, whether it's predators. But I think one of the biggest things is the weather. Because I, I think we, Chip and I learned this from uh, Michael Chamberlain, that if it, if it rains on them, for the first two weeks, and it's uh, uh, three or four days of cold weather below, what, 50 did we? Or, right. It can be in the high 40s in the right rain and right it, when they hatch out. They can they it, can die. It makes them really tough to survive that. So mm -hmm. I, I just know whatever whatever the weather was, 
I think was the biggest factor on us having turkey uh, a great hatch last year because I don't know the numbers. Certainly gave them a good start anyway. I know I saw more baby turkeys, you know, last summer than I've seen in in years. That's the same way. I saw them multiple times around last spring. I always smile every time I saw them. One, I saw one hen. I she I. I mean, obviously, when I, they were getting out of there, when I saw them, but I mean, she had to have had at least a dozen with her, mm-hmm. and they were all—they could all, you know, fly at that point a little bit. But I saw that group of seventeen I was talking about earlier in Claiborne County one one day, and um, that was that was a great sight to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think the bottom line is—is is, you know, we talk about advancements in in uh, all this research, and whether you're talking about deer or turkeys or or anything else it's all just starting to 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 increase uh every year and just like burning i would encourage all landowners to maybe go take a prescribed fire course or something and learn a lot more about burning because you know the top biologists in that realm are finding out how important i think they underestimated how important burning was um and has been and they're they're experimenting with different timings of the year and burning in hardwoods and all different kinds of things and research on how important it is for fire and creating that diversity on your place for yeah. for um for turkeys and you know heck i'm in in looking at property going around i'm seeing a lot of quail now which is really unusual because we mm-hmm. quite you couldn't find a quail around mm-hmm. here for the longest time but the, the more people are manipulating the woods and and providing different diversity in habitat you're you're seeing a lot of quail well there's a lot of you know native grasses that's become pretty popular in Mm -hmm. in the south now whether it's a grass crp or just just landowners um creating habitat you know for turkeys and they're doing deer i mean that those native grass fields are are excellent for everything songbirds all the way to turkeys Mm -hmm. to quail i mean everything benefits from those native grass areas um but but you know something that's, of course, for all us diehard turkey hunters, when March fifteenth gets here, which is the opening of the statewide Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi season, turkey season, and the yep. youth is before that. I think the eighth, maybe yeah, it opens on the eighth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like my, and I'm not saying do this, but like on on my place, I really won't even go turkey hunt there really aggressively until around the end of March, because I have seen. I think more turkeys get educated. I'm not saying don't go hunting, but, you know, be a lot more careful those first two weeks because it's so open. Mm. I mean, if you don't hear turkeys gobble and you walk around calling trying to strike one up, that's fine. But just know they don't gobble as much typically that early in the season. They can see a lot, and you just educate them. Yeah, that early in the season. If you're hunting in Mississippi or a lot of places in the southeast, you know that early season those woods are going to be open. Open. And and with trail cameras these days and spending a little time listening – before season, and you, if you got an idea where your turkeys are, I I go in there and sit, and this if it doesn't happen, then I just enjoy the morning oh, yeah. and ease out of there, and then come back. Yeah. I know Chipper on his place. We the last few years we haven't even hunted your turkeys until like the from the middle of April on. I guarantee to the end you, of the season. The, I, last year in particular, I, I I spent more mornings with a cup of coffee in my hand in street clothes, just listening to them for the first three weeks of the season before I ever even took a gun in the woods. Mm-hmm. I just, just listening to some of the biologists talk about how they breed and all that. And, yeah. and, uh, it'll, it'll kind of get your attention when you talk about going in there and blasting a gobbler, you know, within the first week of the season and how they, they select their, mm-hmm. their, in, in their, the selection in their breeding. Talking yeah. about Chamberlain. Yeah. That's he, I think 
if if that one's still up there, if y'all want to go back and listen in more detail what we're talking about, but Chamberlain was talking about what you were saying, research done on seasons that are that open up before um, peak breeding has sure. occurred and what it can cause with shoot because more than often than not you're going to shoot the dominant gobbler and how that can offset the timing with the hens and selecting another male it'll make you think it can substantially delay the breeding which you know causes problems with nest and mm-hmm. and predators and all that other stuff but but i'm telling you I, I i bet i went i probably went 10 or 15 times or i'm almost out there every morning whenever whenever i can if i don't want to hunt i'll just go listen and just kind of observe what they do and where they like to to travel and then that makes your hunting easier when it's time to go try to well you know we're to, getting to hunt and, one. and we're getting older you know there was a there was a time when when all i cared about was shooting a turkey i never saw a dogwood tree blooming i never saw a red bud mm-hmm. blooming it and my point saying i saw them but i didn't stop long enough to recognize what that was and appreciate it like i do now but i'm like you i i'm just as happy going out and hearing them and figure I, I like trying to figure them out you know, or take somebody that doesn't get to hunt as much. And we're lucky with, with our jobs as whitetail properties. And then with what I do with primos, you know, we get to hunt a lot. But there's there's some guys that, you know, they only get to hunt maybe Saturday morning, Sunday sure. morning, mm-hmm. and and they have to they have to go early. They have to capitalize I'm just on that, it. I'm not saying not go by any means, but what I'm saying is just be a, maybe a little more sensitive the first couple of weeks, and I think your hunts will pay off way better toward the end of the season if you don't educate them too fast. Sure. I mean, if you if you go out there and you, you you start hunting a turkey and you realize he's not receptive and you have an opportunity, if you know you can come back later, yep. you know back out and and come back later. And, well, uh, I, I I know you're um you have a place, a family place too, that's 97 acres in Claiborne County or, or 94 acres. 97. 97. So it's not a huge place, but it's yeah. it's big. But I mean, I remember you and your son Henry. Y'all went down there and y'all y'all shot two turkeys one morning and heard five other ones. We did. It was a it was a morning to remember exactly. for sure. Exactly. That's so, pretty strong. Um, so just it depends on where it is. I'm not saying yeah that that you can't have a lot of good hunts on small acres because you can. I just thought about that as we were talking, and um, but you took it easy on that place. I yeah, mean, we didn't kill. We didn't we didn't try to kill another turkey on that place. We hunted right. it some more, but we we did not. I did not want to. We just got lucky that morning and happened to call two in um, in, on two separate sits. You know, we we called one up, and then he actually called and called one up for me. That was actually the first turkey he's been involved with calling, so I was real proud of that. That's cool. But uh, That's cool. Well, there's nothing better than getting a cup of coffee, walking outside and looking up, seeing those stars in this, this, you know, spring wherever you are in the country. And going out there watching that sun come up and then birds and when that turkey start gobbling, it's just it's a special time and, and once you get it in your blood, just that experience, especially as you get older, at least I can speak for me, is is just being able to go out there shooting a turkey secondary now for yeah. me. Um I'd I'd much rather take somebody that hadn't done it much or a kid and watch their I mean, watch their eyes just glow with excitement when they hear that turkey and then, then we get to see it like Lake I like Lake, I mean how old are you, like 30? 29, 29. Man. Come, I ain't 30 yet. Come on, man. It, it just, I mean, watching him. You're just a kid, man. <laughs> watching him, I mean, just watching him, his excitement. Not that I don't get excited, but I just like seeing that. You know, I've, I've been lucky and got to do it a lot. And, um, I mean, Will Primos, for example. Jimmy, too. I mean, there ain't no telling how many mornings they've woke up listening to Turkey's Gobble. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I think they both love it more today than they ever have. Oh, I, yeah. 
and they appreciate it from a different angle too it's not just about killing a turkey and like last year you know we went and bought four tens yeah. i mean we're <laughs> yep. you know we we started out with three and a half inch 12 gauge or whatever back 20 10 years ago or whatever it was yeah. the biggest gun we could get and now we're trying to see you know how close we can get them to us and and just different little fun things to do with with the sport well a lot and, of uh, a, a lot of guys are shooting four tens now because you get that like that federal that tss oh at 40 yards I, i'll put my my 410 i mean it, it'll 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 kill everyone it might not 40 put yards. as many in because it don't hold as many as a 12 mm -hmm. gauge but it's just as impressive a pattern at 40 as a it is i mean it'll gauge. kill every it'll kill 10 out of 10 of them at 40 <laughs> yards yep. and i mean that's all i care about i mean if i if i can't get one within 40 yards i just soon leave him there and yeah. listen to him gobble another morning but i tell you what i had to I didn't kill one with my 410 last year, but I sure took a gum tree out with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's yet to be aired. It will, though. It's coming. It's, it's probably going to end up on the on the YouTube channel because we're releasing some hunts on there now. But, yeah, that one's too, that one hasn't been seen yet. It's going to be there, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it was, it was funny. I, yeah. I, I mean, it, well, it's funny now. It was kind of funny then, but it's a lot funnier. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw Lakey Boy mess up on a, on, on one or two of them last night on the sh on the show. Chippers texted me last night, <laughs> and I didn't man. even realize. I didn't even know. I didn't remember what show was on. And again, you know, you're talking about how I still get like I'm. I don't even try to deny it. Like I'm full on ate up with turkeys. Like I just am. And Jordan, you and Jordan both, y'all don't miss a day hard unless I, it's storming. No, I can't. I'll go if it's storming. I can't help it. But uh. I have, and I've I've had this habit forever. I will get bad, bad, over eager, and I will, and I'll charge in and make a mistake. And like the first morning I went out to my spot, I just had it in my mind that a turkey was roosted in a certain spot, and I did not pay close attention. I just go barging in there and I blew him off the tree. And then like three days later, we were back on that same place, and me and Jordan got you. You know what I'm talking about when you when the camera guy and the shooter get crossed ways oh, on communication so what i missed a turkey and all this is going on i don't realize that's the show that's on but chipper's texting me the entire time just watched you blow one off the limb just watched you miss <laughs> when you say blow off the limb you mean spooked off the oh limb. yeah no 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 i did not i did not shoot him off the limb no yeah. no 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 yeah no i walked way too close to him and he flew off and i was a very dejected turkey hunter that morning to me, those are the most favorite episodes to watch, though, the ones with the, the mishaps. I, I mean... We that, can all relate to it. I know it. Yeah. That's, why, that's why it makes it so good. That's, I think I remember telling to Jordan, like, after that turkey flew off the limb, I was like, I wish I could tell you that's the first time that's happened to me, but it's not. Hmm. Just got a little overeager. <laughs> well, it won't be long. We'll get, to, we'll, we'll get to make some of those those hunts, you know, in the next three or four weeks now, and then I... I know we're going to New Mexico the first mm -hmm. week of May, which I, I just love going there because we're actually hunting turkeys on the same. I mean, you might see a, a, a you know five or six bull elk in a group, and you might see a gobbler strutting in a in a little park or a little valley because it's it's Man. pretty cool to hunt turkeys it's on awesome. the same place that you hunt elk on. It's beautiful. Wow. Plus, it, I mean, you're at like anywhere from what is it, Brad? Like eight thousand to nine thousand yeah, feet elevation. Yeah, I, I think if you go to the top of that one knob, it's right at ten. But yeah, we're probably at. at 8,500 and 9,500 yeah. feet. Mountain turkeys. Yeah, mountain turkeys. I love it. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, and it's starting to get hot here. You know, it's early May, and then, then you get up there, and it's like starting over again with the spring. And then so many people now, they'll start in Florida, and then they hunt the south, and then they hunt the Midwest, and then just going out west. And, mm -hmm. um, where'd y'all go last year? Y'all went somewhere way up north. Maine. Maine, that's right. Yeah. 
And uh, that was real late, wasn't it? Like mid May. First, no, first turkey in my life that I killed in the month of June. The month of June. Okay. Wow. I killed. I think they closed on like June the third or something like that, and I killed. I killed mine on June the first. Wow. It was yeah. some. Some they they closed somewhere in the first week of June, if I remember right. But I I remember I shot that turkey. I got him, and we weren't videoing. We just went, and me and Jordan and a buddy of ours, and I shot him fairly early and i just had you know just went over there and other guys were still hunting and we were in one rental vehicle so i didn't have wasn't a reason to be in a big rush i just got a turkey hung him up in a tree and sat there and i was like i never in my life pictured myself shooting a turkey yeah, in the june. month of june <laughs> he's gobbling his head off too it's fun it's like y'all sat down and said let's pick the most random place <laughs> we can go and to kill a turkey we went it's Late May, almost June, what, what's still open? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's what we did. What's left? <laughs> one qu I know we're getting close to the end here, but one thing I, I almost forgot to ask y'all, because um, this one got asked a whole, whole lot. I know y'all talked about food plots for bugging and everything. One thing we get a lot is what specifically, if any, is a good thing to plant? If you're going to plant something for turkeys. What, is there anything in there that y'all... I think clover. I think Chipper will agree to this, too. I mean, we both are really big-time clover guys when it comes to, you know, fall stuff. And I think one thing that helps even more, a lot of people will like their, their deer plots. They might have wheat, oats, and clover in them. Let's just talk about that. Yeah. Just So you got your, your lagoon, which is your clover, and then you got your, you know, your, your grass family wheat and oats. Well, you can do this with a four-wheeler. You can go, like, to anywhere and get a 25 gallon sprayer and you could put a grass specific spray in that tank and kill kill all those grass species in your food plot so that just leaves your clover because mm. you know a lot of times by uh, turkeys don't really like to you know when that wheat gets up knee and waist yeah, high they, they stuff, i mean they'll yeah. get in it in the afternoons but they they much prefer it i feel to be lower so go and spray yeah. that stuff like now like early march it'll take it a while to die because it's you know, it's not really growing it because it's still cool. But, um, man, and then, then keep that clover mode a little bit. Yeah. And that, that'll carry, like Chipper said, you got to think about the poults too. Because mm -hmm. if you could make it easier for, you know, mama turkey to raise 10 poults by doing your part, then you got, you just just say, you got four or five more possible gobblers coming up that you can hunt down the road. Mm -hmm. Well, what's your favorite, Chipper? I mean, clover is by far mine. I think you're right. I think clover is going to be the, the the cornerstone for any any turkey food plot. It's it's easy to grow, and whether you're growing a perennial or annual clover, you can you can keep it at the right height where they like to walk in it. Because, like you said, I mean, you walk through a wheat field in the morning while you're hunting, and you get soaked. Mm -hmm. And and those turkeys don't like that wet stuff either. I don't think. I don't. I agree with you. No. And, um, I mean, they, they they'll go in it obviously, but they don't prefer it. But clovers, they, it seems to draw a bunch of bugs, and and um, and it'll last on into the, to to when it starts to get hot. Um, I know we plant a lot of uh, joint vetch and stuff for deer, and that'll kind of come on later in the year, and before that vetch gets too too tall. Of course, you can you can bush hog vetch too, and to keep it keep it shorter, and it responds well to. It's actually one of the only annual plantings that you can bush hog, and it does. It just goes crazy. It just forks and buds out, and, and it draws a lot of bugs, too. So if you can – to answer your question, I think clover is definitely um, and you can strip, probably the best and, thing. And I like to strip mow my clover, too, depending on how big the oh, field yeah. is. You know, yeah. you know, keep – go just do it in strips and keep some of it high and some of it low. Because yeah. that clover, I mean, by, by end of May, it'll be – it'll be it could be knee-high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think – 
you know, some of it being real clean is good. And I think, you know, as the season rolls on, if you have some that once it starts getting hot, if you have a little bit of weed encroachment but it doesn't get too tall, you got some areas for little small turkeys to stand around in the shade and they can hide a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, once again, that variety, I think, you know, helps a bunch. But the cool thing, everything we're talking about doing works for for it. For, Basically, I would say deer and turkeys are probably the main things we manage for. But everything that you're doing, we're talking about, mm-hmm. it helps the whole, pro- you know, helps your whole property. Yeah. Fall and, and spring for deer and yeah. turkeys. I don't yeah. think there's any one thing you can do that, that is going to, a silver bullet, they call it, that's going to bring turkeys to your place. I think it takes a, a year-round effort of land management. I think you got to get you a good forester that can help you manage your woods. you got to have some openings that you can manage. you got to be somewhat knowledgeable in burning you got to have your food plots going and and it 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 takes a little bit of all of it and if you like doing that kind of stuff if you like working with the land it's it's enjoyable and that's that's what that's why brad and i do what we do every day is we love we love doing these practices on our own land so you know nothing thrills us more than to help other people you know, find a piece of land that they can do the same yeah. thing on. Yeah. You know? Well, there, there's a new field that we created on our little place in Claiborne County. And, and I mean, I just pulled the cameras and, the, you know, the, the, the it was really cold here. People know everybody in the country can relate to that cold snap we had two weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway, I went and pulled the cameras on these plots and um, the deer just had the the clover and the wheat notes just, I'm talking about mowed to the ground. But I had pictures of five long beards in that field every day. Every afternoon for about the last three weeks, they, I got pictures of them coming out, out of the end of that field. So, yeah. you know, that was just satisfying. I mean, last year I had zero turkey pictures yeah. in that field. And for them turkeys to, to – now I don't expect them all to stay there once they start splitting up. But just to – I mean, that can happen in a year's time. Yeah. You just give them what they want, and they, they're making – got to survive. You just think about doing. what you've done on that place in a year. You've, you've, you've done some prescribed burns. You've upgraded your food plots and rehabbed them. You've built new roads, you've built new roads yeah. and you've done some, you know, brush work to get rid of some, you know, places that were heavily infested with gum trees and stuff. And Well, you and I are going to go do some hack and squirting on this place oh, yeah. just as yeah. soon as we can. I mean, we've been kind of waiting to mm-hmm. go do that and just to create more more bedding area for deer and more that is turkey a, habitat for That's nesting. a fun thing to do. If you, you get a little small lightweight chainsaw and get somebody to follow you around with a squirt bottle and you can cover some ground killing some undesirable trees. And then if you walk up to one you want to leave, you can just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you can... And, you, and this is stuff that you don't have to have a big dozer for no. or big equipment. This, I mean, you're talking a hatchet, a spray bottle, and some a forestry chemical that anybody can help you what you're trying to get rid of can, can yeah. help you get. I have killed thousands of sweet gum trees and, and other types of undesirable trees with just a squirt bottle, a chainsaw, or a hatchet, mm-hmm. either one. I mean, it's it's amazing the amount of work you can do. And, um, and like you said, it's fun to do. I, and I told somebody the other day, and don't get me wrong, I love hunting season, but I, I, I enjoy from the time it closes till it opens again just as much as I do when it opens yeah. till it closes. Yeah. I mean, yep. I like the process. The, not, not the deer process. I like the management process of a piece of property. And not only that, if, if you buy the right property, like, I mean, it's what you and I look at stuff every day. And if you get the right thing, I've never seen one that if, if it was bought correctly, Within the within the bounds of the, the the land market, so to speak, and you 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 go through there and you improve it, and you look back on it five years down the road, and you just 
I mean, you just improved it and put several hundred dollars per acre, possibly profit mm. in your pocket. Sure. And then, and because the next there's people out there that are busy, they don't have time to go work on land, and they want something done, and it's fun to do, and or you pass it to your kids and give them something, a, a piece of property. But it's just a, it's it's my my favorite savings account. I own. Just laying. You get to walk around on it. You get to walk around on it, play on it, and have fun on it. Yeah. My favorite things that y'all have brought up is one you were talking about. There's no just one thing like a silver bullet because that gets asked a lot, mm-hmm. or that's how the kind of how they're phrasing the question. Like, what's the one thing I can do? And you're, well, it's not really one thing. It's an accumulation of a lot of little things that add up over time. And most of the things that y'all have brought up is like you said. It's not stuff that you. Other than, I mean, like wide in the road, you're going to need some equipment stuff there. But most of the stuff, other things as far as, you know, what you were talking, the hack and squirt deal and the things that you can plan and just burning, that's something that anybody can figure out how to do themselves. You know, it's not like a big, if they want to figure out how to do that, they can. It's yep. not some oh. like un, unreachable ask. They there can figure ton, that there's out. tons of information out there. There's 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 podcasts, you mm-hmm. know, that that can on burning, on habitat management. There's there's materials out there, and most of these biologists, or if you email them, they'll they'll email you right back. Yeah. So it's it's if you have the desire, there's there's ways you can learn how to do a lot of this yourself. For sure. And and, and don't think because you're not doing again. If you could just go improve one acre on your place or two acres or 10 acres i mean that one acre is you're going to be way better doing that than not doing nothing you're exactly right because a lot of people will go to their property and they'll they'll look at the 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 entire property and they'll get overwhelmed and they'll they'll get discouraged just take baby steps just if you can go out there and create a small pocket of good cover for a deer or turkey or whatever that's one step in the right direction and just Make it a long-term endeavor. Don't feel like you have to do everything overnight. And I want to say this. I, th- I think one of the most important things for deer and turkey is have you some sanctuary ground. I mean, have a place that you never drive in or never walk in. I mean, especially for deer and a turkey, once you kind of get to know them, you kind of – once I figure out what I think my turkeys are doing, I say my turkeys, the turkeys I'm hunting are doing – I kind of got an idea where they go during the day. I try not to get in there and, and booger them during the day, get on the edge yeah. of it. Just, I, I mean, give them a – I think sometimes people don't give them enough credit. And um, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather listen to them like you talked about early, Chipper. And then when they're fired up, I, I like hunting in the afternoon. I'd much rather turkey hunt in the afternoon. But once they get right, you kind of figure out what they do in a way. Of course, you'll never figure it out completely, I don't think. But to go in there, slip in there at 2 o'clock, three o'clock on a beautiful spring day and sit down and then you and i'll, I'll kind of have an idea like a ridge or something or a bottom that they've been roosting in and i'll get in there where i think i'm safe from not spooking anything and, and you'll just i'll call a little bit every 20 30 minutes and then all of a sudden he's in here and, oh, mm-hmm. you'll hear him you know that that's what fires me up and then you and then when he gets closer and it's like he's coming back but he hears that turkey there and, and i really think that they don't ant that you might call for two hours, you never get an answer, but I, I just don't think they're in hearing yeah. most times. Yeah. But once they're in hearing and they hear that, you know, I don't know. I, I get, I'm get i getting fired up talking about that. Gosh, and you no. know what happens when they gobble in the afternoon. That's, <laughs> most that's of the bad time, news. Most sometimes. of the time they come. Yep, yep. <laughs> Someone wants to take a ride in the truck. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Yeah. Are we going to go after that turkey you had last year, the one that's got the funny-sounding gobble? Yeah, I think we will because he. I think he aggravated all three of us last year. <laughs> We we dedicated the last week of the season to that turkey, and he spanked us. Yeah. I mean we we had him we had him in 
almost gun range a time or yeah, two. Twice, and, yeah. And to my knowledge, that turkey never had any hens with him really or anything that I could tell, but he was a stubborn old turkey. Just, and he had a funny sounding gobble. I, I listened to him all season. He sounded like a turkey out in the Midwest or something or in something you know, else crazy yeah. sound it didn't sound like down here because I, I was going with y'all and y'all talking about this turkey with the funny sound of gobble i was like huh but you could you could have six turkeys gobbling around you and you could pick that mm-hmm. one out he was he was very distinct for sure He's i very, listened to him all season and it was it was cool having one that had a distinct sound because tracking where he roosted on the property he moved around a little bit but he always had a few little areas that he liked and he had some distinct routes he liked to take on his morning round yeah. but even knowing all that he still messed us up yeah. <laughs> put the, put we the, never could <laughs> but that's what makes it fun i mean if oh, you yeah. didn't have if you didn't have turkeys that frustrated you and were extremely difficult to kill it would be yeah it wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as uh i tell you something else enjoyable that's from which they're talking about this and my mind's going to Man, I got some buddies that I don't tell them nothing. They don't tell me nothing. <laughs> a turkey hunter will keep a turkey quiet as, all, as long oh, as yeah. he can. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter if they're your blood relative. That's a, t- yeah. a turkey. You Are we keep talking that- about the people sitting around this table here? We're not keep- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's funny. But, I, I mean, there's been a many a laugh. And, I mean, just go to the – like when you go to the National Wild Turkey where we hadn't – the convention, we hadn't done it in a couple of years now because of – the COVID mess, but um, just to see that common, that common ground that we thousands of people share and enjoy what the wild turkey's given us. But not only the wild turkey, the outdoors, the, the, the whole experience, and um, we're learning so much more how to make their habitat better and make land better for everything. And um, there's so much information out there, and just don't be scared to, to try the little stuff on your place, no matter if it's ten acres or a hundred acres or a mm-hmm. thousand acres. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that about covers it. I appreciate y'all's time. I know, uh, folks, if y'all want to keep up with these guys, y'all are both on Facebook and Instagram. I know at Facebook it's Brad Brad Ferris and Chipper Gibbs Whitetail Properties, and right. the Instagram is Brad Chipper Whitetail Properties. Easy to find. And, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Thank y'all for listening to Speak the Language Podcast. Again, check out the Onyx Hunt app. Use the promo code PRIMOS20 to get 20% off. Thank y'all for listening. We'll catch y'all back next week.